Welcome to Crow Jam, the podcast where two sisters try to develop and pitch a board game concept in under an hour. I'm Miriam. I'm Georgia. We are Big Crow Games, and you can find us at Big Crow Games on Twitter, or see some of our creations on our itch page at itch.io forward slash Big Crow. Miriam, welcome to the new year. Happy new year, Georgia. Uh, yeah. What's changed for you in this brave new 2022 world? Well, I've decided that going forward, I was going to make such a bad joke. I'm just not. Um, What is new for me in 2022? I am feeling like it's going to be a big year of change for me. And I'm hopefully going to get to do some quite exciting things. Uh, I, without going into like a lot of detail about my life, I'm in a very transitional period in my life right now. Something uh, very big that's been a big part of my life for a while is coming to an end. And new things are beginning. So... I mean, I'm a sucker for a new beginning. Mm. New Year's Day is maybe my favourite day of the whole year. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to what the year's going to bring. Exciting times. Yeah. Not much is going to change for me on my end, but I have sort of made some some ideas. Alistair's brought me around to the idea of instead of doing New Year's resolutions, having yearly themes. Mm. And I've decided that this year is the year of clean. Uh, which is basically you make the theme nice and vague so that you can do sort of lots of small things and feel like you're contributing to the overall idea. So I'm just going to try and be more organised and uh, have better habits, basically. In the before times, when I had hope and positivity, I used to do like a catchphrase for the year. Uh, So rather... uh, So... 2020 was going to be ripping it up (laughs) (laughs) with the idea that I was going to you know rip up the rule book and do what I wanted but also kind of rip it up like a party a lot (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that that obviously didn't happen so maybe in 2022 I'll rip it up but I feel like my slogan for 2022 might be like changing phases or something like that Mm mm-hmm well, cool. Um, well, maybe uh, we'll see if uh, any of those ideas or themes get brought into our game idea this month. We have yeah. made a little bit of a change to the format. But In the spirit of changing phases. <laughs> as per usual, uh, what we're going to do is have a little bit of a sort of ideas kickabout section before we get into the hour timer and talk about each of our ideas and the sort of directions we think the game could go. And as soon as that starts to feel like it's got some shape, we're going to hit the timer and start the the Crow Jam. The crucial change based... Uh, that's the thing that's different compared to episodes we've done previously, and do go back and listen to our back catalogue because there's some bangers in there, uh, is that we're going to be operating around a single word theme So rather than just both of us bringing a couple of ideas and us trying to jam them together, we're going to be working in a little bit more of a structured theme. And you've chosen this month's word. Yes. The word that I chose was once. Um, So just going off of that, did you have any initial thoughts or ideas about that? Yeah. I mean, this maybe is a little bit obvious, but I thought about a game where you discard where you use a card once yes 
Okay. Yeah. Um, what about you? Um, I guess uh, like half of my brainstorming was like theme ideas and vague mechanic ideas. And then I just sort of made a list of like, um, you know, phrases and proverbs that have the word once in. Yeah, so I was thinking about once upon a time or once in a blue moon. Yes, yeah, same, that kind of thing. Um, the two, I think the the game type ideas that I mostly sort of um, orbited around were often kind of party game adjacent. So I thought about memory games, um, mm-hmm. like uh, where you might be trying to remember how many times something showed up. Um, potentially something that you don't know uh, what you didn't know at the beginning what it was you were trying to count Um, I thought about possibly storytelling games like along the once upon a time um, theme Uh, yeah it's interesting to me that even though both of us really sort of started out with narrative games or role playing games we've never really made one as on the podcast, mm. you know, um, I suppose it maybe wouldn't make particularly thrilling audio to hear us sort of coming up with a, a system for turning randomly <laughs> generated numbers into actions. No. But I uh, I do think it's interesting that we've never done a storytelling game when that's probably something that both of us really value in gaming. Yeah, I love those kind of games. And I did start to imagining... Um, like a combination well I, I guess this this might be getting too far into things I don't think this is the kind of thing we're going to make but I was imagining like a um, you know those really basic like kids memory games where it's just like face down cards and you have to try and remember where they are mm. but if you were collectively trying to tell a story and you you like have to begin your sentence and you're like okay so you know and then the um the merchant traveled to the and then you just turn over the card that you think is like you know the like castle or the the desert island or whatever and you know you actually turn over the lobster or (laughs) um but i mean that's that's quite fun i suppose this sort of in a way reminds me of that particular thing you're talking about reminds me of Letter Jam, which we were just playing together over Christmas, Mm. in that there might be a face-down card where you think you know what it is, uh, and you sort of make a confident prediction about what it is. (laughs) So Um, then it turns into kind of mad lips. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm keen on the idea of a storytelling Mm. angle. Uh, I agree that I think you've done too much work in advance. Mm. Uh, so I think we need to throw some fresh elements into it before we really get started. Yeah. Because I think otherwise we're going to end up working on something that you've uh, that's already oh, a little yeah. bit. Too... I don't think that that would that that wouldn't be uh, that would be a difficult thing to even you know work on for an hour anyway. I think it was just as I want to do these ideas pop into my head. Um, did did anything else come up? What what were your once phrases and sayings? Uh, I had once around the block. Um, you're only young once, or 
you only live once, like YOLO, like a kind of bucket list <laughs> type game. So it came to do with like just trying things or like doing things you've wanted to do. I had once bitten twice shy. So like oh, a I like that. push your luck type um, game. Um, once, twice, three times a lady. I also thought about <laughs> that, but I wasn't sure how to go. <laughs> Just, you know. You're really trying to, like, maximise the femininity of... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that seems seems completely flawless as a concept. Um, Um, Yeah, and then I guess I had the idea of, um, at once, either, like, doing something immediately or everybody having to do something at the same time. mm. So... Combining that with maybe, let's say, you know, a game with cards that are discarded or only played once, you could do something with that. Mm. My favourite ones of what you said, I think, are Once Around the Block, and I, you didn't say it, but I thought of it, of um, Once in a Blue Moon. Yeah. I feel like those are nice ideas. Mm. Uh, Just a sort of things to say and maybe things to kind of start with so we want to do something that enables do you think we need to start this timer g because i'm feeling i feel like you feel like we're starting to get somewhere we might be cheating i think okay uh in that case i'm I'm about to start the timer okay here we go so we have one hour so something with storytelling Mm. something I think something with cards mm-hmm. something that's collaborative that you could maybe play at a party I suppose it would be like the right kind of party like you know a party with people that you play D&D with or something mm-hmm. Um, I really like the idea of cards with no words on them okay yes um I feel like, you know, maybe an image that came into my head while we were talking, and I'm not sure quite how it would work, was like cards that would kind of tessellate, or not tessellate, but like would match at the edges Hmm. in some way to sort of, I don't know, imply some kind of progression, but that seems kind of a lot. Okay, I I think I see what you're Uh, saying. Like, if cards were being laid in the retelling of a story, um, that would limit what you could play. Um, or, like, or like, I guess um, maybe even uh, sort of determine which direction. So if you... Yeah. Like, you might be playing cards almost in a matrix and you have the card you want to play, but you have to find the edge of the other card to uh, to like grow from so i was completely just thinking of this i was imagining some cards with say like a solid color background with the background maybe representing kind of a location so there's like i don't know countryside urban seaside something like that mm-hmm. uh, and some of them are solid color some of them are diagonally split across two and some of them are diagonally split across three or four 
so that there's always at least one full edge of a colour and you can create kind of a branching, almost like dominoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you could take the narrative off in a different branching direction. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> so that's that's at once in the sense that you 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 kind of have concurrent storylines, maybe. Mm. Concurrent concurrent storylines or just concurrent like things which uh connect to a certain like locus on the in the story. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I'm not entirely sure exactly how well it would work. You know, like, would it just end up being a Domino's game? How would you make it have a narrative sense? Yeah. Um, But I bet there was things... Right, so I know I pitched this last episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what if we also had cards with transparency? (laughs) Let's do it. Let's let's really embrace that this, this time. Um, and maybe they have like characters or symbols or something that you can overlay again, so that it's happening at once. So someone could play a baseline card, and then you could do an overlay thing. Okay. See, this is sort of getting into something I was thinking about. Um, I when I was imagining a storytelling game. And a, and a party game. I was almost imagining a kind of like, you know, like bragging game. Oh, right. Like, where you're like oh, telling yeah. a tall tale. And with the transparent oh, yeah. cards, you could have, you could have like a, that's not how I remember it. Like, mm, yeah, no, I really like that. You know, I was just talking to Andy. Andy just came back from the shops today with a copy of Rashomon, which is a famous Japanese film about sort of the fallibility of memory and four people recalling a series of events very differently. Mm. Uh, and there's a joke about it in The Simpsons, the episode where The Simpsons go to Japan and uh, Homer says he doesn't like any Japanese culture and Marge says, oh, you liked Rashomon? And he goes, that's not how I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a perfect joke. Uh, so it's kind of funny to to think about that. Yeah, I really like that. And a sort of like a one-upsmanship thing, a one-upsmanship angle to it. Like, mm. oh, you know, you face down a rabid dog. Well, you know, it was a dire wolf or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so you... I saw you fight that rabid dog, but it was a chihuahua. And it, like, uh, hadn't had its worming pill. <laughs> so what if the different colours on the cards were not locations, but actually individual players? So you get maybe, like, a starting hand that are all solid colour, your colour, and then there's, like, joining cards that you could get somehow to allow you to, like interfere with someone else's narrative okay i don't know is that no silly? i i think we should just continue along this brainstorming line be- because um uh like i know that i te- can tend to get bogged down in in almost trying to imagine exactly how things would work but yeah um but no i, li- I like that let's say let's let's continue exploring this so I mean, I definitely like the idea of... It doesn't necessarily have to be cards with transparency, even though I'm obviously obsessed with the idea. But I am... I do <laughs> like the idea. I haven't, but I think that's where I've seen it. Yeah. 
that's actually it's... a storytelling game and that and and very much has that element now I think about it um and I think I've seen other games where maybe some cards were almost like like socketed like little pockets and you could slide stuff into them oh wow uh, so that you could like upgrade your cards while playing almost like video game style I guess huh. um but it, I mean it could be way simpler and could more involve the sort of domino style thing that we were talking about where you can just if you can match someone else's color and your color then you get to like take seize control of the narrative yeah of their story yeah and cre- think... create edges for you to stick onto we probably should um i i think we should try and um i'm i well, not necessarily, but I'm thinking that we probably need to try and strengthen the collaborative element as much as mm. possible. Because I'm thinking about playing Once Upon a Time, where it can play really nicely if everybody's invested in telling a good story that has a good thread. But if everybody's mm. too focused on completing their own objectives and playing their own cards, it can get very all over the place okay do you um do you know what i mean yeah i think so yeah you want there to be a productive narrative at the end of it so do we see this as being something where there's one thread and you take it in turns to add to a single a single thing so let's imagine there's four players Mm -hmm. player one plays a card and says something player two adds a card and says something uh, is that sort of the core idea that we're thinking about here? And um, I, I feel. Sorry, go ahead. I guess that that's the. That's what I'm. That's what I'm imagining at the moment. But it could look. It could look another way. Yeah, I wonder if it could because I'm. <clears throat> well, obviously, that was something that would be relatively easy to describe and easy for us to sort of follow through this episode. I'm not sure if it would result in the most interesting possible storytelling game. I'm Something that I quite want to argue for one way or another is something where, at the end, there is a legible record of the story so that you could retell the story roughly from the beginning by looking at the board as it stands. Yeah. I'm... Does that make... Yeah, that that makes sense to me. And I think that that's, um, that's doable. Everybody, the, the cards can have no words, but everybody just needs to sort of collectively invest in, like if somebody decides that this symbol or what have you has this meaning then everybody agrees that that symbol has that meaning or at least like in that location yeah definitely um, and then once once that's been established um it's hopefully memorable enough to everybody or at least you could at least as collectively as a group you could retell the story yeah i uh i think that's fair I've... i guess the fl- something to consider is just like the pure table space factor Yes. I've sort of been imagining, based on what you were saying about um, colours on the cards, 
and also based on something I was vaguely thinking about before we started recording. There could be a kind of possible joint victory scenario where um, play the goals which players have or, or the like thing that would let them complete their ind- individual objective is almost like a goal to have a certain pattern of colours within the story so that mm. in theory you could all complete the story and all have your pattern in there and 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 all win but, it's almost sort of like weaving a narrative yeah like but the reality is that like if people are are more jealous or more competitive over over their pattern and and two people need one color that will almost focus the attention of of the like retelling of the story in that location and it might become quite funny where yeah. where like two people just keep go- going back over like one element that almost seems irrelevant you know yeah i really like that actually because that that includes something that i've been trying to think about which is this kind of once idea that we're thinking of of when you one-up someone or retell the story, you know, when you're like, oh, that's not how I remember it, uh, you, I I want you to sort of remove their card and replace it with yours, maybe. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so again, yeah, if you're going for, like, a, a colour pattern, uh, then you, um, you're doing that in order to get your pattern but you're also giving a narrative reason why that would happen yes and if you can only use cards once then potentially like the the third time that you try and retell that part of the story you're saying a different a completely different thing to you've said the first two times yeah which i think it has a, a fun angle to it yeah um so i guess there would be Player hands, a draw deck, a central area where cards are played. Maybe there's a sort of um, types of cards that are beginning, middle, and end cards might be handy. Yeah, or some something to sort of denote um, story. Yeah, story structure. Um, I I think that would be useful when, I sorry I do on. think that I was well I was going to say that dual color cards might be unnecessary if you can just put a card of any color next to a card of any color hmm. uh, um. but maybe but then maybe you know a bridging element or something would be a cool thing to include what I was sort of imagining is imagine a four player game Maybe the first go round, you each end up putting down two cards so that you end up with an eight card story, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have the kind of contested portion where you're all trying to get your secret pattern. Yeah, I think that was roughly what I was imagining as well. We need to know how the game would end so that we can know, like when who's won and who's lost um yeah it could be as simple as a set number of turns yes 
especially if um maybe the secret goals could have different levels of complexity like you know there's a sort of simple achievement of trying to get as much of one type of color on there as possible so mm. maybe the colors more map to like types of story like yeah sci- sci-fi elements fantasy elements yeah. um because that would make for quite fun cards yeah but then maybe there's then there's kind of bonuses for you know if you get a red a blue and a yellow in a row in that order then you're gonna score some extra bonus points I was, yeah. Do you think that there's um, a collective goal? Do you think that it is a, is a, collab- a collaborative game in any sense beyond telling a story together, uh, uh, or do you think uh, that it's it's just you're telling a story together and then it's sort of co it's like semi competitive because everybody can win, but uh you know the chances are that everybody won't win yeah i guess i see it the collaborative element as telling a good or telling a story mm-hmm. and perhaps the um the beginning middle and end cards could help with that um you know like everyone wins if by the end there is a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end in the correct place, for yeah. example. I've been thinking a lot about Tranquility, which I think I've mentioned to you before because I'm obsessed with it. Um, it's, uh, it is like a cooperative game, um, which is uh, like a very beautiful um, illustrated version of the mind. Um, oh, you have, you have mentioned it before. Yeah. You should you should look it up because it's it, it's just very pretty and part of the satisfaction of the game is like if you if you get nice and far you get this lovely like um, sort of uh, like vista um, of your journey. Um, but it does have that it has that once element where like once you've discarded a card you never get that card back and that's what makes it so difficult. Um, and also so, it has that element of like cards need to be played in a certain order for you to all succeed. I know that 16 minutes in is very early for me to be pitching um, visual elements, but this kind of just sprang fully formed into my mind. What about this? Yarn spinners and the beginning cards would have like a ball of yarn on them and the end card would have like a, I guess the end of a piece of string going through a needle or something. And then the middle pieces would have a thread wiggling through them that maybe could go from high to low or from low to high or from low to low. So Ah. that the thread still has to join up. And then also maybe the visual elements, you know, the dragons and spaceships and stuff are knitted. Oh, it's looking pretty cool. That's really good. So everyone wins in the collaborative game as long as your thread is unbroken. Yeah. And then there's bonus points for getting, you know, colour patterns next to each other. Yeah. And maybe you can play a card in a way that doesn't connect properly with the thread. Like if you if you can't do anything else on your turn or if you if or if you think that that's like 
strategically good for you or good for the group but you just have to hope that somebody else is able to fix that for you yeah someone can cover it up someone can mend it they can darn it that's what that move is called ah (laughs) Uh, so you're you're fixing the story and fixing the thread uh, Uh, but you have to tell the story while you're doing it I'm doing way more notes than I normally do because I'm trying to be a good note taker this time. So bear with me if I'm a little bit quiet. Um, new year, new you. I know. I'm going to be clean. It's a year of clean, Georgia. I love it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, obviously it's quite early in the process, but I just felt like that just sort of came to me and it it feels like a solution to the sort of like semi-cooperative angle Mm. in that you know if you don't end up with a thread that runs through it then everyone loses yeah so so it is still in your interest to play in the interests of the group rather than just only taking selfish actions and i think it could be made really simple you know it wouldn't have to be there would literally be four types of card connecting high high low 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 high high low um so it wouldn't be like too hard to do it would definitely be possible mm. there could maybe even be types of card that you can draw on to that just do mending kind of thing like don't have a story element okay. but just have two two bits you know that you could you could maybe buy or sacrifice your turn in order to insert um so they're like colorless or something so that they're not going to help your pattern but they do help the story yeah do you think that i think it it can be tricky with um storytelling games that use uh use like prompts like this um because with with just an image um there's it's there's not much direction in terms of like how much story you need to do does that make sense do you think that eight cards is enough cards to have a narrative or do you think that people might be inclined to a slight slightly um like cop out and just be like uh you know no actually there was a limousine or and that it that the story doesn't feel as rich the story suffers i wonder if that could be solved by making the story elements much more symbolic maybe to the point of them almost being like outlined in the yarn rather than knitted out of it um okay so so there's like uh you know things that can be used to have multiple meanings Mm. like a person in motion or uh an arrow or a house i mean i think it could be it, it could be okay in my head i think that potentially with the eight cards you could start out with quite a simple story and what but when people 
when people have to try and replace one element with another quite disparate one, they might have to do a bit of narrative work to get there, if that makes sense. Yeah. How would we feel about in having the option to insert rather than cover up? Okay. You mean like so, um, put put more cards in the row? So yeah, so you know, create a gap in the row and then insert your card. Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, so that it could be that the story sort of starts with eight, but then it could end up longer. Mm-hmm. Um, because that would offer you more options as well for getting your pattern to work, I suppose. Yeah. True. I'd almost forgotten about that that bit of the game. <laughs> yeah. But that I like bit's quite that. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, I suppose with eight cards you you might you definitely might have it would certainly make it harder for people for multiple people to achieve their pattern. Yeah, so so being able to push it a bit longer might be better. But it could I was imagining... be the case that the cards the cards could be domino like, like you were saying, like split down the middle and one colour one side, one colour the other. That would make colour patterns slightly easier to achieve, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um and it could be Yeah, it it could just be sort of extra like extra visual interest. Cause I was imagining the backgrounds kind of being like having like a sort of slight knitted texture to them in addition to color mm. um so that could be really nice you know that a, a double color card could actually be sort of you know patched together oh um you know i love that artistic feeling yeah that's what i'm here to do i don't know a whole lot about games but i always i always have an idea for what it's gonna look like this is lies i'm i'm starting to realize that you actually know much more about games than i do um, I don't think that's true. Uh, anyway, so one of the things I was imagining is that then if you have cards that are designated start cards and cards that are designated end cards, you can do things with the symbolism that sort of matches hero's journey stuff. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you could make it so that the start cards have a natural sense of a start and the end cards have a natural sense of an end. Mm. Um. And I think that would really help with the story process. Um, yeah. I mean, it it could also be that it's up to the players. So the, the, the story has to start with a start card, which I guess would be dealt off like a separate deck. Mm-hmm. But then the players could decide when the end card goes down mm-hmm. and the sort of um, the darning process begins. Yeah. So they've they've kind of spun they've spun the yarn and now they need to fix it and make it work. Mm-hmm. So you just play whatever you can from your hand, but at some point someone is going to decide to play an end card that they have. Yes. Yeah. So then, when do we get to the end? Yeah, because I suppose a set number of turns or like getting rid of all your cards is a little bit tricky because you 
you could end up being forced to, to do things to your detriment or to the group's detriment if you just yeah. have to complete a certain number of turns. And I was certainly imagining that you would draw back up so that you had more optionality in your hand. Yeah, and you want when that. You... Yeah. Yeah, because you're not only working to a shared objective, you also have your own objective. And you want to be able to tell the story well and not, like, get sort of, um, you know, shoehorned. Not not that, you know, cornered. <laughs> yeah. So you want to... You would want to have, you know, a five-card hand at all times, I'd say, just to improve the optionality. What if at the end of every round of turns you take a vote on whether you kind of say okay, this is the story. Is it how you remember it? And then if you still have something you want to do, you have to you have to intervene. Okay. And that round of turns starts with you. So that it's it's by consensus when the game ends. Okay, yeah. Like, maybe there has to be a majority vote or something. Yeah. So that one person can't hold everyone hostage. Mm-hmm. Um... And I mean, I suppose, like, you know, you might just end up sacrificing your own objective for the purposes of a nice story, I think. Yeah, and maybe, you know, there could be, like, partial points for partial completion of your objective or something like that. Yeah. Like like we were talking about before, how you might have maybe, like, a, a couple of secret objectives so that even if you can't achieve one, you can achieve another. Mm-hmm. Um... But so yeah, maybe there's like, you know, like if if the majority agrees, then the yeah. story is complete and you score it. Yeah. Well, this looks pretty good already to me. I know. Yeah, should we do a second one? We've got half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. So should we? Something we like to do is to do a sort of an imagined hand or couple of hands sort of think about how gameplay would go uh oh is this going to involve uh, improv <laughs> i guess yeah we probably don't have to do like a full improv but let's just describe in abstract turn terms how we think a turn would go so a pl- each player has a hand of five cards they place their cards to create, hopefully, an unbroken string. Mm-hmm. Once all four players have gone, they ask whether there's consensus on the story. And if there isn't, then a person has to add their... They have to darn it. They have to make their edit to the story and make it narratively make sense. Yeah. There's a starting card. Do you think that there's a selection of starting cards... That's just kind of a separate deck. That's exactly what I was imagining. I was imagining like, I don't know why this is the number that came into my head, but 12. (laughs) And we could actually um, like sort of, uh, I guess, optimize production by having the starting cards be the same cards as the secret objective cards so that you you take that deck, you um, shuffle it, you deal one to every player and one is the start start of the story and then the, the card has on it like 
the you know the like ball of yarn as the beginning whatever the symbol is but the background shows the pattern that you're trying to get would it be a secret then because everyone won't be able to see it no sorry i was meaning like you deal one privately to each player and then you deal one that is the beginning of the story does that right but they're but they're all the same no oh no okay no i totally get it sorry i was so those cards are double-sided one side is a unique story start one side is a unique set of secret objectives yes yeah that that could work or i i was actually imagining just like um them having you know a plane back or whatever and then the um the the pattern just being part of the design of the card and the beginning being another part but the double okay the double-sided works as well i feel like the double-sided might allow for a bit more complexity like you could have a couple of things you know like you could have score one point for every card of this color that's in the story and you know score six points if this pattern appears okay yeah yeah that makes sense um so that people can yeah try try for a few different types of points but uh, that's really neat though because you'd only ever use one story start card so the other ones aren't wasted they can be used yeah uh to create the the private objectives i really like that it's very elegant mm. uh-huh. um and and then are the end cards shuffled into the deck so that you know people it's likely that multiple people will have an end card or is there just one end card shuffled into the deck and one person is lucky enough to get to play it um i think there could be there could be multiple and they wouldn't be in starting hands but they would be shuffled into people's decks yeah i i can see that i mean it could be in your starting hand but you just wouldn't play it yeah i suppose but the first time an end card is played i guess it's still up for grabs that someone could be like oh that's not how it ended yeah you know they did they didn't live happily ever after <laughs> <laughs> um so so there would still be reason to keep one in your hand but the first time an end card is played that finalizes the phase where you're just adding cards one after another and begins the phase where you're trying to create a coherent thread uh like a a thread that joins up all the way through and trying to get your patterns and your colors in there as well yeah huh. so i'm ima- i'm imagining that every player can have cards of every color in their hand yes cuz at the very start i was imagining you having your own color yeah but i've i've since think it would be better if it was just a completely sort of shuffled yeah. deck in theory, I don't know whether we would want to do this, but we it could be that colours are sort of loosely related to concepts, like, you know... Um... So we were initially talking about sort of themes, you know, like sci-fi or fantasy, but do you mean sort of like movement, character, um, location? Well, either, really, yeah. I guess... I guess um... Like this is sort of starting to draw on things we've done for Between Worlds. Yeah, true. 
I guess it's because because say the thing you were saying about like trying to include um, this color um, will get you more points. Mm. Then, then you might end up you you know with one player doing a lot of things that relate to one thing, right? Like sort of. I don't know whether yeah. that would be fun or whether that would be restrictive, but I'm just imagining like. You know, like you said, like if yellow was related to a movement or something, you could have one player who on one turn is like, so then I got on my skateboard and on the next turn it's like, and I took my rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it it would make for arguably a sort of poorer quality story if it was divided by sort of location, movement, character, hmm. because it would, um, yeah if you were trying for like a, a a lot of one color you'd end up with a story that was less coherent so maybe it would be better if it was more maybe more thematic but not going so far as you know fantasy sci-fi action adventure but more sort of like um natural environment uh you know man-made environment uh do you know what i mean like things yeah, things with very loose themes, very broad yeah. themes, kind of animals, like I don't think we would need to do that. But I was imagining that like it it could be fairly um, like forgive, forgiving and loosey goosey anyway, especially since the cards were all going to be domino cards that share two colors for the most part. So, um, so yeah, that you, you'd be able to mix mix two ideas in one like image. Yeah, that's that's quite cool. I definitely think that we would have to think quite a lot about the secret objectives because if every player had a color objective, mm, yeah, I was that would that that would be kind of pointless. But maybe there's other things that the cards could do, um, like. You know, if there's solid color cards as well as multicolor cards, maybe you score points for the mo- more solid color cards there are, mm-hmm. or uh, th- things like that. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I don't know. Like that's just just a thought. Yeah. Um, because for the dual color cards, it might not actually have to be domino style where they have to match up. It could be more like, almost like a crochet square or like a knitted stripe or mm. something. Yeah. And maybe maybe those cards just behave as one color or another, uh, which might help multiple players. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely what... Huh. No, actually, that wasn't what I was thinking. I tell a lie. <laughs> um, um, but then maybe that's like another type of thing that you could do, you know, like, mm. uh, so it doesn't matter about the colours, but you could score points based on the number of stripe cards yeah. or the number of granny square cards. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that works. Um, and that way, yeah, like, there's there's different ways of creating the objectives and different ways of making patterns as well you know uh so that it's it's less likely that people are going to have really competing Mm. demands and in fact the same pattern could fulfill for two different players 
you know, if if one player was going by color and one player was going by pattern, mm. you could do it that way. Yeah. Um, and they could both score it exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, uh, so cool. So that 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 sort of feeds into that. Pardon me. <coughs> uh, into that uh, sort of competitive, collaborative, hybrid thing that we were thinking about. Yeah. This could be, so, like, a good game for younger people as well, I think. Like, you could definitely have teenagers playing this, I would say. Yeah, or I think even, yeah, sort of young tweens. Yeah. 11, 11 and up on their own, younger if you're playing with, you know, a mix of ages. Yeah. Um, where did we settle on the symbolism of the cards? Are we going more vague, more specific? Is it going to be more fully realised with the thread of the narrative just going in the background? Or is it going to be made out of the thread? What What do you imagine? Hmm. I think that... Um the uh having the picture like be made out of the the thread would certainly be more challenging illustration wise um yeah and maybe not so visually interesting as having you know little guys yeah you know i'm thinking very yoshi's woolly world mm, yeah um kind of little guys you'd have to make sure that the thread was really visible but i think you could do that just by making it very solid that would be the one thing that didn't have yarny texture i guess mm. kind of ironically yeah. it would just be like a solid line that ran through the background so that everyone was really clear that it joined up yeah i'm thinking that i agree with you that that, that the sort of um images and elements on the card should be like um, somewhat vague and widely interpretable. Yeah, um, yeah, kind of alithiometer symbols. Yeah, it can be quite tricky. Like when we were at um, our friends recently, we tried playing with Rory Story Cubes, um, mm. and when you when you see a specific image in front of you and you're trying to continue a story, it can be really quite hard to like let your brain go in other directions and not just be like, and there was a book <laughs> or whatever. Um, right, yeah, I get that. Um, but, I mean, that's that's not a thing that we can really fix. It's just, you know, it's, um, it's just what a was challenge that, of playing. What was that game we pay, played back in June where you have to... It's sort of Mysterium style. You have to guess the card that the other person is trying to make you guess. And and they're sort of these oh, yeah. funny little images that are all sort of composited yeah, like, and stuff. Yes, one key, yeah. Yeah, one key. So that, that has these images in it where they have lots of different elements, but they're all still relatively simple. But there might be like three mice running on a vinyl record on a record player or something like that. Mm -hmm. where you could refer to that by thinking about the mice or thinking about music or thinking about a motor. Could mm -hmm. we do something like a? it would have to be a simplified version of that, but could you have, let's say it's a, a book mm -hmm. as the icon. Could it also have something else yeah. that could be interpreted? Like yeah. 
Like I was imagining when you started saying that, I was like, what kinds of things that we could we do that would still be like simple and cute um, in the like woolen style? And I immediately ma- imagined a pig in a teacup. Um, like, you know, it's it's two things and has various like ways that you can interpret it, but it's still a very simple um, and like the easy-ish to um, render. Yeah, so it, I feel like it would almost be like sort of felt patches, like styled like felt patches, and something like that would be perfect because, yeah, you could pick up on the teacup, you could pick up on the pig, on the idea of something being smaller than it's supposed to be, on the sort of various associations. Yeah, maybe there's like um, a boat with a moon for a sail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So that you've sort of got like movement, water, sky. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I see those as being kind of like felty looking and stitchy with like a sort of applique border. You know, almost like a patch that you put on a jacket or something yeah. like that to those make it stand out from the background. Have a real fun, like this, the, the boat with the moon for the sail has, it already has such a like a sort of story um, telling like story time feel to me, especially with yeah. the feltiness. Yeah, I was definitely thinking about things with, yeah, like a story time feel. Mm. Um. So yeah, well, we have about fifteen minutes left, and I've got to say, I feel like we've come up with something really pretty robust. Yeah, uh, I feel like I have a pretty clear sense of the game in full mm-hmm. in terms of how it's played, how it's scored, where we haven't no, we we did sort of settle on where it ends, right? That it ends when everyone agrees yeah. maybe there needs to be like a limitation on that as well yeah like maybe, you know, there's also a set number of rounds that you can't exceed uh, except maybe if there's a majority vote to do one more round like, if you get to the end of the eighth round, then instead of the majority voting, then instead of the majority voting to end, if the majority votes to have one more round, then it ends after nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then, or maybe that's how the system works throughout, is that the majority, if the majority votes that the next round is the last one, then that's when it ends. Mm. Uh, you, st- you still want you still want a, a limitation on it, for sure. You don't want it to drag on forever. Yeah, you want there to be a limitation, but I like that idea of um, the majority voting for this round to be the last round because it's... Um, it lets you sort of make your moves, make your play. Yeah, but it's not... Um, it, it's not certain kind of thing. Yeah. And then at the end, if you have an unbroken story thread, then everyone wins and you get to score. Uh, and if you have a broken story thread, story thread, then the story wasn't complete and no one wins. Mm-hmm. So it, it does encourage um, pro-social behaviour even from competitive players. Yeah. Um. Um, and I feel like I mean, for me, the the branding and the visual identity is already really 
strong in my mind. How do you feel about yarn spinners? Uh, yes, I like it. That's definitely the um, like theme element that we want to have in the name. I yeah, think it could be better to me. Okay, but yeah, I I'm... don't know how. Because <laughs> I feel like it's we have lost once a little bit, or we've abstracted away from once. Mm. Um, I mean, you'd want to keep yarn in there, but it could be, I don't know, yarns and darns, ripping yarns. <laughs> um, um, I mean, yeah, I like, yarn spinners works. I was actually, um, uh, like, really early on thinking about the the nice names that relate to once, like, if it could just be called Blue Moon or something like that. Um, I also was thinking that at the start when I didn't know what the game was going to be and we said once in a blue moon I was kind of thinking like blue moon would be a good name for the game but I don't know that it's a good name for this game. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I guess it doesn't have to have yarn in the name because it's so prominent in the theme. Yeah, I mean they could have something related. like Story scarf. Aw, story scarf. <laughs> Because you'd end up with like a long thing and it would have, you know, patterns. Um, something about ravels that rhymes with travels. Mm. Safe ravels. <laughs> um, um, Raveler's Tales. Aw, that's quite nice. Yeah. I don't know that I like it more than yarn spinners, but I think it's good as well. I like yarn spinners. Or just, or or like yarn. Hmm. I think yeah, it's just, the spinners just, part that is is like getting me stuck, but So just stick maybe just yarn. Yeah. I like those like um very short one word game names. And it's actually, mm. I find, uh, very good when you can have the name very big on the side of the box. <laughs> yeah, totally. And um, and I think it would also really suit the kind of visual style of this. You know, you could have it as like an intarsia knitting pattern on the box design, or you could have it as patches, or, you know, a mix of both. Or like Argyle. Yeah, that's what I mean, I think. What's intarsia? <laughs> intarsia is um, also a way of combining two colours, but instead of, like, carrying one along behind, you, like, sort of swap them over in a weird way. Oh, right, so that if the pattern's red and white on the front, it's white and red on the back. Yeah. It wouldn't really work in a printed thing. <laughs> oh, no, not, actually not that. It's It's weirder than that. It's like you... Um, I don't know how to describe. You you just sort of like do you like pass one behind and then in front and you just kind of join them. They're just kind of joined like, like okay, like two. They're two bits of knitting that just have like a kind of slightly stitchy edge between them. Yeah, I knew what I was getting at anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. Uh, what about game elements? Obviously cards, and I feel like they should be good size. Mm. 
And should um, they be square or like ordinary card shape? I was certainly imagining ordinary card shape, but square is way cuter. I love squares. <laughs> yeah. It's just easy to forget that you can have square cards. And it would also be fun for, you know, having granny square style designs on them and things. Yeah. Um, um, would there be any other elements? Obviously, you've got the starting cards having the reverse with the the secret mm-hmm. goals. And you've got the finish cards. Um, you don't need player tokens. We still didn't end up uh, doing um, trans- cards with transparency one of these days. One of these days, Miriam, I'm going to get a card with transparency into one of our games. We can but every time I suggest it... <laughs> yes. Yeah, we need to start introducing uh, our podcast within a podcast, The Expansion Zone, where... <laughs> We design an expansion for a game we already came up with. <laughs> ah, never, always new ideas, never making a thing. That's our motto. <laughs> Look, we're not, we're starters. We're not completer finishers. Um, I feel like you'd want quite a good sized box for this, I think. You'd want it to have shelf appeal. So I think a good number of cards... So that you could have maybe sort of two decks side by side in a box with a, a, a nest. Yeah. So that the box ends up being yeah a, a reasonably chunky size I think for a card game. A small box game, but a big small box. Yeah, it's still still in the small box section of the store, but on the on the bigger size. Yeah. Um. So that it's it it's sort of eye catching. I think the cards. Square cards that are a, a good size to be sort of handleable by people of a variety of ages. Note that I am not saying big cards for little hands because that's actually just the worst, apparently. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, that does, yeah. Children, apparently, yeah, it is not more helpful to them to have big cards. But, I, you know, I've something that's like. that it could be, it seems. Yeah. But it. I feel like it's a thing that people say, though. Oh, and when you see kids' stuff, you know, the cards are on the bigger size. Yeah. But it's obviously, you know, being able to manipulate a hand of cards is just like a dexterity thing. It's not a size thing. So, yeah. um, But I think you'd want them to be sort of like big enough that they're legible on the table, small enough that you can get, say, 15 of them on a line in a line on a normal table. Yes. Hmm. So there, there is a sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, but we. Yeah, I mean, you might have to do two lines sometimes. I think. Yeah. I'm thinking about um, Odin's Ravens, which requires you to have a line of sixteen cards, and those cards are quite narrow. Hmm. And admittedly, we have like quite small tables at the cafe, but. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well. That would be something to to figure out down the line. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're pretty much at the end of the hour. Is there anything else that you wanted to to throw in the mix? No, I mean, I imagine that it's the kind of game that you could do expansions for, but they would almost be nothing expansions. You know, like how Dixit has about eight different just extra packs of cards that you can include to to keep the game fresh. Yeah. Um, they have done um, a new game now called um, Stella. I don't know if you've oh, seen yeah. it. Um, oh, I haven't. 
and it feels like um, an actually a more replayable version of Dixit and the cards are lovely and you know it's got that lovely Dixit vibe oh man I love games that have that vibe (laughs) yeah yeah one key Mysterium Dixit there's some others as well isn't there they're just Just... like such beautiful bits of art that like each one on its own could could be you know like a calendar page or a poster on your wall or something and also just that encouragement of a kind of abstract thinking that I really enjoy um and which we've ended up we've ended up designing something today that incorporates that I feel like yeah this is our first game that's really like that I think yeah even though it's a game that yeah it's our first storytelling game and our first game with that kind of element even though that's probably describes some of our favorite Mm. (laughs) things to do while gaming but hey we uh well we quite often challenge ourselves to make things that we don't really like (laughs) (laughs) true and you know we could make this this is another game that we could like make into a print and play or make or like you know it's it's not one of our big production numbers Um, yeah i feel like it would need it wants quite a lot of cards and like yeah and it also just the sort of the colors and stuff Mm. like you'd want things to really work Mm. uh visually so but it could it certainly could be yeah um and you know i think there's an alternate timeline where we today we came up with like a roll and write or you know something way more diy Mm. you know i i I had the feeling at the start of the episode that it could have gone that way so i'm gonna i'm gonna hit end on the timer Mm -hmm. and today we came up with a card-based collaborative stroke competitive storytelling card game where you work together to tell a story with an unbroken thread but compete against each other to get your own secret objectives by telling and retelling a story, challenging how other players remember it, uh, to include your own storytelling elements and tell the story the way you want it told. We have called it Yarn. Mm -hmm. And we imagine it having a very sort of um, handmade, stitched, Yoshi's Woolly World <laughs> type aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I always love our ideas, but this one's definitely got a special place um, in my heart, as, as do many of our other game ideas. Um, this was one of the ones that just came together really easily. Yeah. Sometimes we have to, you know, sometimes what the game is doesn't fall into place until sort of the 45th minute we pretty much had it by minute 16 i would say (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and then we were just sort of refining and thinking about it um it's interesting how that goes like yeah well it was it was simple-ish um ideas from the get-go i suppose um that you know that we didn't need to hash out a lot of um strategy or um things like that necessarily yeah totally all right well thank you as always miriam it's been great 
I'd like to encourage our listeners to check out our back catalogue, find us on Twitter at Big Crow Games, and if you want to play some games that we've designed, you can find them on our Itch page, which is itch.io slash bigcrow. And we're looking forward to making more games with you in 2022. Uh, until, yeah. until next month. Ta-ta! Ta-ta!